Ready? Happy Tuesday. Foul Territory live. Same fam, same place. Kratz, Podfather, Braun, and still not really any trades. Besides Pierce Johnson yesterday, which we covered at length for the Braves fans. A little Taylor Hearn action. And a little Taylor Hearn added on. We do have Ken Rosenthal in 15 minutes, so maybe something happens over the next 15 minutes. Also, I want to make sure that we cover the Twins, so we're going to do that with Bobby Nightingale Jr. as the Twins have the best record in the second half of the season. We'll do that in about an hour, and then hour and a half away from Paul Seawald. We actually have a lot to get to with Paul. His teammate Kellnick going down with the water cooler kick injury, his team revolting against the team store shit. Like, There's a lot to do there, so yeah. we'll cover that. It's kind of like the calm before the storm. I don't know why. It, it is. seems like you feel like this is your last day before it's like, <laughs> like it's well, over. Before, before it's going to hit. really, you were going to be texting each other like, yo, did you hear this? Did you hear mm-hmm. this? Did you hear this? Beta bing, bada boom. And then I'm going to fall asleep and take a nap and then come back and there's going to be something else. Yep. I don't think yet. Okay. I don't think yet. I want to ask the Ken. day that, that it, that's it what all I... explodes? For me, yeah, I, I would say – Probably not until at least the weekend, maybe Saturday or Sunday. GMs love to work on like a Saturday night yeah. and just, you know, blow everything up and be like, all right, news reporters and everybody else get when, to work. Yeah, when everybody's off or something. Yeah. Oh, yeah, boom. Is it Saturday four night, nine four o'clock Tuesday? That's when it starts. That's when, when it ends. ends. I mean, sorry. I four o'clock Tuesday. So between three and four o'clock on Tuesday, that's when all the trades are going to go down. We're going to be. Can I get a? Yeah. Can I get a Mike Ford over to the Ball Seawald over to the? Can I get a? <laughs> Crash is going to be running an auction because right now teams are pushing it because if you're a team that is a seller, you are saying uh, there's not many of me, so I'm going to ask for more. And the teams that are buyers, you know how these GMs are these days. It's just it's all about making a deal, right? So they can go, hey, our computers had this value percentage at blank and we got a better deal out of this. And they're like, we can't pull that off right now. Okay, well then we'll just both stare at each other at the (laughs) poker table for another week and see what happens. You know what else bothers me? So this isn't a pop-off, but this is just a a personal problem I have. I listened over the past 24 hours to a, a number of general manager interviews on a number of different shows and guess what i learned nothing nothing zero there's not all probably like 80 percent of gms in our game right now are so vanilla ice cream i get more talking to this table they they get asked questions they say nothing they just give political answers like oh you know we're always going to be exploring the market looking for whatever they say nothing for 15 minutes almost unless you ask them about either their own players or, you know, when you talk to them, Todd, after they make the deal, before the yep. deal, if you're like, hey, what's going on? They're like, nothing. And you're like, oh, well, what do you think you need to improve on? Oh, everything, you know, nothing. But yeah, everything. We're, we're, we're making, but, we're talking to people. We're trying to make moves here and there. You know, we're focused on our team too as well. If we don't get anybody, it's fine. And he looks at his phone like, I got to go. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, we're just, we're just trying to cruise through. We're looking for people. We are, you know, but yeah, you're right. Vanilla. Keep it this way. That's the business part of these people. They don't want to show their hand. It's I guess. not entertaining, though. Well, I know. Well, nothing. Not everything can be entertaining. No, but you know what I think then? I was like, because Kratzy, I was like, should we have, should we try to get front office people on? And then my my brain's like, no, nah, not really. Mm. I mean, maybe after trades, but before, they don't say anything. They're not. They're not going to say anything. I, I, I get it. They can't say it. But I think we get, we got to go to like, like the Phillies. Dombrowski comes on once a week. Mm-hmm. And he's honest with the Phillies, but he's the president. These GMs, I don't know that they're I don't or maybe or maybe it's because there's so many things. Maybe it's like Kenny Ballgame. His phone is just blowing up and you're just like, 
I can't even like where do I even begin? No, they could be they could do something. And guess what? Dombrowski's on my good combo list. He's one he's, of the few. He's very honest. Alex Anthopoulos on my good combo list. I think maybe some of it has to do with job security and personality. Like, don't say too much. Those guys have good personalities. They have a ton of job security. So they feel more comfortable mm-hmm. speaking openly about their ball club. There's a lot of guys that are kind of newer or they're just trying to, you know, maintain their spot in the organization for a while. And they're very well trained to just say nothing. If you so, never say anything, you're not wrong. Correct. And you're going to be misquoted. You won't be misquoted because you didn't say anything. Right. And and when they do say something, it's like, it's like, you know, we don't really need that much. You know, if we can like get a back end starter and, you know, a couple bullpen pieces and a bat. Yep. It's like, yeah, your team's hitting 230. Like you need to get four bats and send the three minor leaguers that you have in the outfield down. Like I, I just, want him to be misquoted. <laughs> just, yeah, of course. Just like, oh, yo, you tricked like, yo, that was sly or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> you got us. Hey, listen, I like you. You're a good guy, you know? Yeah, yeah. but like, okay, here's two. I'll give you an example, and then we'll get to some more rumors here. So, like, the, the Twins have been playing really good. We'll talk about them later. The sure. Brewers have been playing really well. Both of those teams, though, need offense. Mm-hmm. Fair, right? Mm-hmm. Both of them have Way. had issues on offense. I listen to both leaders of their front offices over the past 24 hours yep. and they wouldn't even really say that they need offense. They wouldn't say they didn't. They just didn't say anything like, you know, you your like, like that's going to yeah. 25th in runs. Can you at least say, you know what? We're probably going to add a bat. Like, can you give me that sentence? I don't no. think anybody's it's like if freak out. the words they say are going to really change if you're going to make a trade or not. Like no. as if the stop the press is Milwaukee shutting down because their GM said they need a bat. Okay. But, but, they're also you think other people aren't listening to them if you say that in the media because nobody says anything mm-hmm. now all of a sudden they think all right well i have that bat i have cody bellinger i know they're going to give us a top 10 prospect for him we want two because i know they leverage. need i feel like they think they're giving up leverage but it's not come they're on not. they're not they're not, but I think they think they are. Yeah. You're assuming, though, that the other side is so lost and oblivious to what your team's needs are. They're not. They're not. They know. You know if you're, okay, so I'm the Cubs, and I'm still not sure from trading Bellinger, and I'm having a conversation with the Twins, right? Or if I'm the Nats, and I have Lane Thomas, and I'm going to trade him, and the Twins, they need to hit left-handed pitching better, too, just like the Brewers. Do you think they're unaware? You know, and also the market speaks for itself. I don't think they're sitting there waiting for quotes from general managers. I think they're just looking at, hey, what's available? Let me listen to all my offers. So I I just would like a little more pizzazz from our Or do we talk about it too much? Or do we talk about it too much? No, we don't talk about it too much. It's what everyone wants to hear. The chat's already blowing up with questions asking about trades. So including Alex goes, needs to know Ken's thoughts on Jonathan India. We'll get to that. Mm, Don't worry. Right now, let's charge the mound. It's powered by Tiza. Hold on. Oh. Grabbing it. Is there one open? I think this one's open. Yep. What is it, Spearmint? Cool Mitchell. Yep. Want? Yeah. Nice. Get you some. I'm dipping into it. Got it. Mm-hmm. Pirates are also willing to listen to trade offers on all-star starter Mitch Keller, according to John Heyman. Listening on both all-stars, including closer David Bednar, would seem like a pretty low probability to happen in either case, but in this seller's market, it makes sense to listen. Whoa. I love David Bednar. Love him to death. 
I think everybody would. <laughs> no, I don't just, think that's great, dude. Too. Oh, you just mean as a guy? Yeah, as a guy, but he, he's a dude. He's drinking a dude, some, bro. drinking some he, icy lights. Hey, he would be on the bus with us in Puerto Rico in the USA. He'd be back. Oh, uh, he would. He'd be right next to us, just yeah. chilling quietly. But then you get him going. He, he he's he's one of those funny dudes, man. He he would help anybody right now. And I I, I think the Pirates should. I think they should sell. I think they're, they're done. Really? Yeah. I think they're I, done. Now, oh, they're definitely done. No. They're definitely done. They know they're done. Get more but prospects here's my question. Then. Go ahead. Bednar and Mitch Keller have years to go. It's not like they're rentals. So, for me. They've always made mistakes, man. When does <sighs> this stop? If I'm a Pirates fan and I look, those are my two best pitchers. When does it stop? When do we stop doing that and start trying? Because, yeah. hey, Kratzy remembers, and I smash them. Beginning of the season, people are like, are the Pirates good? And what did I say? Not a chance. Not a chance. But what did I also say? They might be good in a year or two. They yeah. might be good next year. Good enough to be a team that starts to surprise people. How? What do their chances look like if they trade Bednar and Keller for more 18-year-olds? Yeah. I mean, we are who they thought we were. <laughs> they were. You know, that's no, just what you, they do. You can't trade those guys. I think the reason they're listening to those guys is because you're not trading those guys for 18-year-olds. You're trading those guys for a Jonathan India. The Reds want a closer. Not, not, not I mean, that, that's, I don't like that trade at all. It's not going to happen within the division. Yeah. Because they're going to be fighting the Reds for the next, hopefully, the next four years. Mm-hmm. Maybe the Pirates aren't even ready this year yet. <laughs> oh, excuse schemes. me. You're, You're making me nauseous over here. Yeah. But if you take yeah. those guys, to me, the only reason you listen is because you have two guys that are Bednar's got three years of control mm-hmm. and Keller's got two years. They're not going to extend them. They've already got too much success in the big leagues is going to cost too much do you get a controllable one-year piece yeah like what are they trying to get from him like all right we're putting them out there, and that's why they listen they're just listening they're just listening but this should be this should be glorious for anybody we're even talking to paul seawald you think depoto doesn't hear that bednar is being listened to he's got a bullpen of a plethora of closers the padres they're not going anywhere Hater, what is that? Like, if you're a closer, to me, I don't think – if you're on any of these teams and you're a closer, you have an opportunity to be traded at this deadline if people are calling the Pirates about Bednar. Now, they're calling because the value is is three years of control of a closer, which is going to go like $6 million, $10 million, $12 million probably in his arbitration so years. So what? That that's the pirates you know, aren't paying that. I know, but it drives after next me year. So, so you're gonna get rid of your, and I don't I don't buy into. Okay, he's from the area. Cool, whatever. But no, th- this yeah. dude is is one of the top closers in the sport. Top Two-time ten, easy, if not top five. Fastball up in the zone with life. Curveball, splitter, both plus pitches. Like he's World he's not going to classic. slump much as yeah. a closer. From what you see, it's like even if he doesn't have one of his secondary pitches, he can. Live off the fastball and the other secondary Figures pitch it like it's yep. nothing. The dude has command of all three, and he's not. So a show, not he just goes out there and on the bump, and it's not showboating. And he just goes out there, maybe give a fist pump. That's what you want. Let me do business as usual, and that's what he does. Edwin Diaz got a hundred million dollars over five years. This guy's like still that. under control for years. Okay, if I if if I say, hey, dude, you're from the area, you want to be part of this next good Pirates team? I'm not pushing some money across to see if he's a long term guy. An extension guy for fifteen a year. Yeah, your your no. your your original question was when do they stop this? 
Yeah. The Pirates don't. Until the ownership changes, they're going to get a new GM in. They're going to get a new manager in. They're going to get all new coaches, all new players. It will not end until Nutting says, I've made a lot of money. I have yeah. the lowest debt to debt to profit ratio of any team in Major League Baseball by yeah, of course. huge amounts. Yep. And I'm willing to go all in right now because the city of Pittsburgh loves the Pirates. It's not going to change. He'll never do that. He'll never do it. So your question is answered easily by saying he'll never do it. $10 million is his threshold until this year. So he's going he's gonna to start showing you what his new threshold is with, yep. with Brian Reynolds' contract. And, but he's the only one still. I mean, O'Neal Cruz, who? Like, yeah. he hasn't been healthy, so he's out of their mind right now. Like, they're trying to find what it is, and until you can lock up a guy like Bednar or Mitch Keller, who's two all-stars on a rotation that the team habitually does not have rotation that, that stays together or stays consistent, hopefully they don't. Screw up Skeens. I like the coaching staff that's there now. They're not trying to reinvent the wheel. But without nutting saying, here's cash for some people, you're paying a closer. You're paying a guy that has a career 2.56 ERA with 41 saves in two years. The Guardians a- did it, though. The Guardians are cheap, too. The Guardians signed a manual class A. Last year in spring training on an extension, and yes, he was under more team control. Five years, $20 million. Club options of $10 million for wow. 2027 and 2028. This isn't easy. I know this, this costs more because he's deeper into his, uh, who, his years already, right? He's almost 29 years old. He so wants a little a, bit it's of... It's about the same then, no? To me, ten, it's easy. Ten, 10 a year for five years. No. I'd give him eight a year for five years. And nah. I bet he takes it. You think he, you think he takes that? I bet he takes it. Five years, 50. I'm coming back at you. I'm his agent. Five years, 50. It, I sign it t- tonight. Four <laughs> and I'll take it because <laughs> the team's not going to take it. Really? That's that $10 million threshold. One player ever. He's one of the best relievers. In and the why game. are we not talking about Andrew McCutcheon getting traded? Just because he's from Pittsburgh and he said he doesn't want mm, to? True. Never thought about that. He is a right-handed hitting on-base machine. Clubhouse he's not loving gonna, dude. Oh, yeah. He might have said, "Hey, look, if you if you trade me, I am not ever coming back to Pittsburgh. <laughs> I will not even though I live twenty minutes down the road. Like never even coming back to I say hi know. to his family. I don't know. That yeah. would be more of a Kutch question. Yeah, but like in a normal year, he is a guy that should be traded off of this team. Crazy. Uh, it's yeah. it's driving me nuts. And I want to hear in the chat because it's it's been active today. Thoughts from everyone on the Pirates." Like, if I'm a Pirates fan, I'm freaking out if they trade someone like Mitch Keller. How many starters have to leave Pittsburgh and star elsewhere? Mitch Keller is doing it in Pittsburgh. They're listening. So make sure that's a big word. They're listening right now. Right. So don't don't get your panties in a bunch right now. They're listening. Okay. But by tomorrow, those words can be into action. They do that? That's why I love this. They do that? They're going to start filling up the... The training camp for the Steelers. Because <laughs> when does football start? Pirates fans are not coming out anymore. So let's stay in happens. the division then. One right. more before we get to Ken. Sal Freelich, congratulations, mm. dude. Oh, look at that there. He got a nice little look at uh, his hair. stand for it. It's great hair. That is pretty. I mean, I've never seen that before. The, the kind of 
monument he's got for his ball. Never seen the ball, the ball holder there? No, but it's usually just a plastic square. He's got the nice little wooden Mm. piece underneath. That's beautiful. Mm. Some teams do it, Joe. They They do do it like that right off the jump? Right off the jump. I've seen seen teams take the ball and put it – Royals, take the ball, the bat, lineup card, put it in a huge plaque. Nice. Everything in there. They don't charge you? They do that for you? They did it for – yeah. That's nice. Did you notice the one thing he had on? I did. A shirt. He had a shirt had on a there. Shirt, that yeah. was good. Solid. He had probably he already heard. eaten. He heard. No, he, he heard us. Oh, he was listening. To- <laughs> yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure Yelly told him. Most Yelly likely. said, we we do things with a shirt. We take pictures yeah. with a shirt. We eat with a shirt on. Especially like if he's, I mean, he's kind of jacked. He's kind of jacked for Sounds, a speed it's guy. It's intimidating yeah. for me. It's intimidating. You can't have any dad bods in there no, see, rolling that, around. That's the problem. When yeah. I take my shirt off, it's okay. Because it, it's not the best. It's not. But okay. if you got someone with the best bod in there, put your shirt on. Put your shirt on. Father physique. <laughs> dad bod. Uh, oh, so shoot. he hit that home run tied the game, by the way, at two in the sixth. Christian Yelich ends up being the walk-off man for the Brewers, who just continue to punish Cincinnati. I mean, they are dominating them so far this season. By the way, also, I was looking into Sal Freelich is like one of those guys with two strikes that just does not give a shit. His no. numbers in the minor leagues with two strikes are insane. Rarely strikes out on those occasions. Battle. Um, battle tested. Very Even battle. Dude's got the Kind of remind tool. me of myself a little bit. Mm. No? Two strikes? Good on base percentage guy. Yeah. Yes. You're, you're a good on base percentage guy. <laughs> no, 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 I, Sneaky I good on out. base percentage. He's not a strikeout guy. That's but awesome. you were kind of, hey, you, you saw those swings that he was making? Yeah. Kinda. Then he puts one in the, almost in the upper deck. Oof. In Milwaukee, I mean, he's got, he's. He's got one of those – it's like one of those things. Like, do you take a guy like that in the first round because of his hit ability? Yeah. Yes. Smaller guy, runs the bases. Bad on ball skills, all that shit. Like, it's just barrels all over the place. And when a guy comes up to the big leagues like this in a situation, he's not just coming up and playing for the Pirates and, like, no. doing well. Let's go. They need him. Yeah. And he even said it in his one interview. He said, they didn't call me up here to watch games from the bench. They call – or pinch hit. They called yeah. me up to be productive, and he's like, that's what I'm looking to do. The dude's already in the four hole in their lineup. Pretty, like, pretty sweet. You it's a really – it's good. a real, for a team who has really struggled at the plate to have a guy like that, when you see a guy like Ellie Cruz come up, you're like, all right, there's some swing and miss. You know, mm-hmm. you're going to have some one for 30s like he had. You're also going to see the ball go over, go over SUVs in right mm-hmm. center field. But a guy like Freelich, he comes up and you're like, how do I attack this guy? He's in the four hole in their lineup. He's not a, he's not a long ball threat. Oh, oh dang it! Just got is. us. Yeah, no, that's ridiculous. Three game tying or go ahead RBIs in your first three games in the big leagues. Quit, wa- quit while you're ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say, <laughs> is he gonna get Walk called out. up? Is he gonna get called up to the X MLB now? Yeah, no. Be no the next be, level. He's gonna be the Ali De La Cruz in, in Milwaukee. Did you see? What Ellie did, by the way, Joey Weimer plays a fantastic outfield, I will say. Always on the money on his first step. Like, always takes the first step in the right direction. Robs Ellie first time around. Brewer scoreboard dude. Puts up there. Player trivia. Almost hit a home run in the first inning. Dot, dot, dot. But didn't. Ellie definitely saw that. I don't know if he did. But always something homer. Do you see that when you're at the plate? You tell me. This is the player's show. You saw that? No, no. I would always look at the scoreboards. I I hated the fact that I always looked at the scoreboard. You did too? 
Yes. Especially in I, San Diego because they put up this cool trivia for everybody. Like, you want to know. Yeah. You're, you're walking up to the plate in Atlanta, and you want to hear what, what song they're playing on the, on the uh, organ for you. Like, you definitely – he's definitely looking up there and seeing it. Now, does he catch it? I don't know how long that's up there, but was up that's there the whole time. His, his whole at bat? I think it was oh, like up two whole, pitches, two or three whatever pitches. Whatever it was, that's up the whole bat. Yeah. But, so you think he sees that, and then he goes 450-plus. I mean, not because of seeing that. It's still hard to do. No, no, no. It's not because just swaggy of it. that it happened that he's way. He's trying. Yeah. It's a sinker ball pitcher yeah. in, uh, in Colin Ray yeah. that – you can't. He doesn't have anything to get up and he doesn't have anything to get up and in on that long that thing swing. Came right down to and the I mean, his swing. It was he was down like this, <laughs> and he extended down. It wasn't because of what they wrote on the scoreboard, but I love what they wrote on the scoreboard. I think that is don't add fuel to the fire. Now. Nah, I, I like it. So that's fun. like I did like. It. I think it's so fun. I think because some people cute. are like, "Oh, Brewer scoreboard operator about to lose his job." No, like, no, no, no. Yo, let's have some. Fun. That's like the that's like the whole Kershaw and San Diego thing, like. Relax. Like the guy People put it up there. flipped out on that too. He did. Padres haven't been the same since. And come on, that's convenient. You're gonna you're gonna blame the scoreboard operator for having some fun. If because if because they wrote something on there, Ellie hit a ball over the SUV and out of the stadium and hit the player parking lot. <laughs> I think Ellie's not doing enough than every other at bat. Yeah, like you don't need. He doesn't need a reason to be like. I am extremely talented. I'm going to hit a homer here. He's not on that level yet. Pump the brakes. Like, he's hitting 280. Yeah, no doubt. Like, he'd be hitting 400 mm-hmm. with tons of pumps. Great player, but he's not motivated by a scoreboard. He was already motivated when no. in, in the Cincinnati dugout. He's like, hey, Reds fans, like, come, come follow here. us. Come to Milwaukee. Like, he was getting the boys pumped up before yeah. that. He wasn't like, I don't really know what we're going to do. They know this is a big series, and they know right now the Brewers own them. Own them. Nine of 11. It's crazy. And what did, and what did, uh, and what did Freddie say when he was on? Who gives them more? Who gives them more? It, was about, it, was, it wasn't the last time he was on. It was the time before. He said the Pirates give them more of a problem than the Reds do right now. You know, that one stands out. Freddie Peralta calling for the Pirates over the Reds. Might be one of the only people to do that. He didn't say the Reds are better. Matchup-wise for them. He said matchup-wise, the Pirates give them a harder time. Interesting. Well, that's convenient because this year, the Reds are good, and they're the ones chasing them, and the Pirates are not. So it's convenient for the Brewers to have a good matchup against them because right now they've extended their lead. Huge for them lately. They've had a ton of games against Cincinnati, and they're dominating them. Also, rivalry out west in the American League. The Astros walk off the Rangers. Dude, that game was wild. I love that you I love that you your your lock was on that game because then I was locked into that game. Yeah. I'm sitting Bro, there. You hit it early too. I hit it so early. Oh, it's the best. That's why <laughs> I hate unders. Because you'll love never it. stop sweating on an under, but on an over. When that that was at I, I plugged it in in the morning at nine and a half. It actually ended up going down to eight and a half. And when I went home and I have the receipts, I plugged it again. And I was like, you, you, you re-upped. Yeah, eight and a half. Love you it. got an extra run. I wonder why they thought there was an extra run. I don't know. Obviously, it changed a little. Whatever it was, it might have been like minus 105 and then to 115 sure. maybe. But it's still, I was like, you're giving me an extra run just for that? Okay. And that was settled very early on in that game. It was 5-4 in what, like the third or fourth? 6-4 yeah. in the fourth, I saw. 6-4 in the fourth. 
So eventually, 9-6, and Chaz McCormick hits a three-run shot. And it was close, right? Yeah. Because they didn't know if it, it was definitely gone. It was gone. Chaz McCormick has an OPS above 900 this year. He's been their best hitter. Wow. Great. And he pulled the ball, too, which was crazy. Because <laughs> normally, he's going right. He's like, he really blocks himself off and scissors that back leg. And normally, he's driving the ball right center mm-hmm. with some thump. And that's, you know, that's awesome. But they turned around, turned around Chappie, Chappie right to Todd Frazier's corner there in the playoffs. Todd hit that ball that stuck in the fence. Yes, you remember that. Thank you. Yeah. I just I kept was, running, too. I felt like I was not, Forrest Gump. Yeah. Had it would have been an actually, inside the Parker. Had you actually had some workouts and done some bicep curls, that would have been a dinger. <laughs> and and we re- would have been it was one of those reshowing wearing, wearing our ring. Hit an, the whole hit, time. hit an absolute scud with one hand. That's that's what I do. Yeah, you broke the fence with one hand. That was ridiculous. It was. But they they need this guy. I mean, who would have said Chaz McCormick and Kyle Tucker are who's leading the Astros right now in their attempt to chase the Rangers? Who had that narrative? Who had that narrative at the beginning of the season? No, not me. The Rangers are – they don't have the you know we'll talk about the Blue Jays record, Twins record since the playoffs. Blue Jays are what thirty and twenty in the last fifty. The Rangers still continue to scare me, and I think Cy Chris Young, their general manager or president, whatever his logo is, yep. Yep. I think he's going to make that move that you're going to be like, we didn't see that coming. Dang it! Not not like no. huge okay. like Verlander something like that, but he's going to be one of the first ones to make the move of the first chip that falls. Like, he might go get Stroman. If somebody gets Keller, he would get Keller. You know what I mean? Like, that, like... Love to see it. I would love to see that. Because I think, as an ex-player GM, he understands the value of players that have experience compared to the values of prospects. And I think too many GMs and owners sit there and go, man, I love these four prospects. We're just not... We're not making a move for this right now. And I think Bochi at the helm too, kind of the yeah. the oldest salty veteran there. The you know, I the want some guys that can play. He wants them to play, man. And I, that's like a Dusty Baker kind of thing. Those guys want the guys that are experienced and that can play. And I think that will bode the right direction for where they want to go if if they do decide to make that decision. I, I think they I, could go through a lull right now. Here's why: you've got some of your big bats hurt, right? You mean like did a dollar result play result wise mm-hmm. it threw a lull or you mean like just like people, they're going to start losing some games yeah because people aren't, aren't and not be seven playing. and three in their last ten they're going to start losing yeah I could see I could see them falling a bit right now <sighs> okay so Nob's helping me out here and says Rangers pitching is cooked I will agree that they are going to need significant supplements I'm <laughs> with you I'd like to see it. We start with Chapman. I know he didn't pitch well yesterday, but overall, that's a great deal for them. Corey Seager going down again. Thumbs. A ton. Yep. When he's been on the field, he has been one of the top three. Top three in the in the bigs. He's last I checked, MGM had him at the second highest MVP. That's crazy. But if you look into his numbers. Because he hasn't played now, he's probably missed five, six weeks of the season. And it's it's a large gap between him and Otani, mm-hmm. but it was a large gap between him and I forget who the second the third person was, larger than I thought, and it made me go back and look into what he was doing. 
he's a he was a big piece of what they're doing, but he's just so he's so quiet, and there's not a lot of fanfare with it. Nothing. That he was, it's gonna it's gonna be a big loss. But they score so many runs. I don't care that their pitching's cooked. But they're missing two of their top four bats right now. So Seager's out for at least a couple of weeks. I don't know what his exact timetable is. Mm-hmm. Garcia didn't play yesterday. I don't know what his situation is. He's not on the IL, so he There's shouldn't be day to day. Right. He was hit on the hand. But, uh, yeah, I'm not long-term worried. I'm just saying I could see them going through a lull right now. They're playing against your, your rival. And pitching-wise for me, this is why I picked the over yesterday. Have we seen John Gray put a season like this together? Some of those guys – Either haven't done it consistently over a season, like John Gray, who still got a three and a half ERA, but gave up six runs yesterday, seven hits, three walks in five innings. And then also you've got some guys who've had injury concerns in their rotation. More, I, I know, every pitcher just about has dealt with injuries. This one, I would say a little bit more. This this no, staff, no. right? Ivaldi, we didn't get to it yesterday. I was thinking. He's I was not pitching say. in this series. I love Nate Ivaldi, but it's actually – in my mind, a little bit of a Kershaw situation. If Nate Valdi goes close to 200 innings for you this year and you make the playoffs, I think you're screwed. Like At this stage like in his hurt? career, you need to have him be more of a 25-ish start guy, in my mind, if you want him pitching in the playoffs, which is mm. just how Kershaw is. Kershaw, we, talk, we talked about this. Kershaw hasn't gone, I think, over 25 starts in like five years or something. I'm not worried about the numbers as much as I'm worried about how – if. You're talking about he needs to get a certain amount. If you're healthy but and you're making in the playoffs, I don't care what your numbers are at the end of the day because the ultimate goal, Eric, as you know, is one, winning a World Series, and two, getting to the playoffs. That's it. Put a ring on the thing. That's it. And people talk about numbers, not to cut you down, but I'm just yeah. saying we're worried about numbers sometimes. No, man, how you feeling? Let's take the paperwork out of it. How you feeling? Dude, you good to go? Oh, I'm rested. All right, well, you only did 20 – Outings. Okay, whoop de doo. You're still our number one star. Like, let's go out there and, and shove. So I'm not more worried about the numbers. I'm worried about making the playoffs. And that's that's always been my 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 goal and my aspirations. But as an organization, as a player, yes. Yes. As an organization, Scott's right. You have you have to think about that. Somebody might be like, dog, I'm good. Like I'm ready to play. Yeah. As a manager, you have to be like, I'm gonna give you a blow today. Mm-hmm. You're going to hate me, yeah. but I'm going to get – actually, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you a blow tomorrow. So give me yeah. what you got today. I understand. And so I think you have to keep keep players away from themselves. Everything I know about Evaldi, absolute gamer. Mm-hmm. Anybody who gets talked about from position players that play with him the way that they do, gamer. A guy who wants no to be in it. And he wants to be in it every single day. So you have to you have to watch stuff like his velo. I don't like the fact that when a guy's velo goes down a little bit, everyone's like, <gasps> like it's okay. Maybe he was facing the A's and didn't feel like he needed the velo. Whatever it is, yeah. you're not going to be 100% every day. Talk to him about it. How do we do this? Maybe you skip that start like they're doing. You just don't want it to become something bigger because, like what you said, you have aspirations. You have aspirations, and he's, he's their guy right now. No doubt. He's got to be. He's their horse. He's leading, the, he's leading the AL in ERA. Like, yeah. Nate Valdi, you had is leading the AL in ERA? It's one of the best signings Crazy. of the year. It, Matthew Greco in the chat goes, I can see Texas going after Giolito. Okay. That's Fair. a good rotation, Fair. dude. 
I love it. For them. I mean, obviously, just about every team is calling about Giolito right now. But right. Fair. I'd like I'd like another starter, and then I'd like probably two more bullpen arms. And the White Sox are that team that's going to say, hmm. I'll give you him, but you double the pot if you get Graveman also. You double. Yep. Like everybody's going to – everybody wants – there's just not enough teams, and that's why that's who I think is holding the market up. The Rangers don't want the Astros to call them, catch them, so they're calling other teams. You sure you don't want them? You sure? <laughs> the White Sox, the White Sox are like, well, I can hold out. It may even be to the point where they could hold out and get more. I don't know. I, I don't. I'm. Mm-hmm. I'm not in those. I'm not in those meetings. And remind everyone to visit TizaEnergy.com. Use discount code FOUL for 20% off your first order. Kratzy and me rocking it. Just for anyone unaware, it is, for energy, it is healthy dip. No tobacco, no nicotine. It's basically like a tea bag full of energy in your mouth. We've got it right here, baby. All right? Keep an eye on it. Um, Love it. And Delicious. Dip sucks. The chat is buzzing with questions. So what I'd like to do next is hit the hot corner, okay? And the hot corner is going to start with Justin. He said, any reason why Alden Gonzalez released an article yesterday, and he does a great job for ESPN about Nolan Arenado potentially waiving his no-trade clause to L.A. Now, I didn't see that article yet, Mm -hmm. but I can tell you that Nolan's one of those guys, and just like Stanton has been for years too, they love that area. They're Southern California guys, right? Think that it would take – a special case to get someone like Nolan to remove that no trade clause because he basically took less money, I think, to stay in St. Louis. That team he would go to. No if doubt. I had to predict, if I, if, <clears throat> ready? Right now, I'm John Mazalock. I call Nolan. He's chilling at the pool right now. Bags Nolan, already packed. <laughs> he's like, dude, you don't even have to say it. I know why you're calling. You never would call otherwise. I'm good. I got, I got the PJ sending me to LA. I hope you guys got some good prospects. Best of luck. It's it's been a great run. Sucks that this season didn't work out. I'm going to the Dodgers. No doubt that would happen in a heartbeat. And this might be the time if you're LA because you don't know what the Cardinals are going to look like next year. They're probably going to be better. They're probably going to contend again. If they're ever thinking about that, it's now. I just don't know if the Cardinals are trying to go that drastic. That it seems to me like there's like five guys that they're going to be gone. No matter. I mean, they're all free agents. Flaherty, Hicks, um, Monty, who Montgomery, Montgomery, Montgomery. Tyler O'Neill, who had a great, great knock late in the game yesterday to knock in three with freaking half the scouts in the league watching him. But Arenado and Goldschmidt is that next level to me. It's Goldschmidt's the next level. Arenado's even after that because he's younger and under mm-hmm. way more control. So how far do they want to go? Because that's almost rebuild status if you're getting rid of everybody like that. Hundred percent. I don't. I don't think they get rid of Goldie. I think Goldie resigns. I think Goldie is St. Louis. I think they're both absolute workhorses and mm-hmm. just locked into baseball, almost baseball nerds. But I think you're right, Arenado. If the Dodgers, if the Rays, maybe. I mean the Rays. I'm just trying to think of the best teams. If the Orioles come calling, they don't need anybody. No. I think he would go to the Phillies. I think he. I think he wants to go anywhere that is, hundred percent into winning. If there's even like a half year rebuild, I don't think he's sitting there going. I I, I think it's California or bust. Just because he's from he's not there. taking any other. I, I don't. I don't think. I so. agree. I just I, think I, he loves. 
He, he loves, loves to win. Loves to win. He went no to doubt. St. Louis. Yeah, well, like no, to get out of Colorado. He went to yeah. St. Louis to get out of Colorado. Now that he's in St. Louis well, he and he likes it much more than Colorado because the team actually has at least an iota of a plan, even though it didn't work out for them this year. L.A. is different. That starts to affect lifestyle. Where he's like, that's a spot where he probably wants to end up. That's where twenty five million is probably not be. enough to live there. <laughs> <laughs> I just think Philly. That's very oh different to talk him into. I just think he Philly wants. I just think he wants winners. I think he wants to go to a winner. But the Cardinals might be a contender again next year. No, I don't think you so. don't see it. They have a lot. They need five pieces in their rotation. Yeah, that's yeah. a lot. Like some teams are looking up, looking to like supplement their rotation no they he needs they need five pieces to their rotation they don't have a starter that you can lean on michael by the way i'm I'm gonna keep flying him at you ronnie said cronenworth needs to be traded to get padres a pitcher you know we've gotten a lot of cronenworth asks over the past several days ken had one in fair territory that i listened to yesterday stop trying to trade jay cronenworth why because his value is rock bottom right now. He's not getting traded. He just signed a deal for like a billion years, and he's having a super, super cold year. He's not getting traded right now. No. I would be shocked. Would you not be shocked if he gets traded out of all people? Super shocked. Besides You'd some type of salary money, dump? They're not doing that right now, no. and he might recover his value. Why, why are people throwing that it. name out there? They, they need to stop. They he's need to not stop getting that. dealt. If it was like a five year, if it was like a seven year deal that it was five years in, maybe like okay, you know, we got to move on from Cronenworth. This is a brand new deal, and you're trying to trade. Oh, we're just going to trade Jake Cronenworth's seven year, seven year, eighty million dollar deal as he's hitting. He's got a six fifty seven OPS with four stolen bases, and he plays. First base now. He's been playing first base for most of the year. <laughs> Ronnie's like, I love you, Ronnie. You're in here all the time. He's like, that's why we need to trade him. But the, let's oh. make sure we're, we're well, clear. Somebody's got to take him. We're going to be realistic here. You're not going to be trading players that you don't want just because you don't want them anymore. Yeah. That doesn't work. It no. works if you want to buy down some money, but you can't do that on a deal like this. That's, Sorry, that's for a deal like, dude's got a year or two left yeah. and I'll pay off some money to get some prospects. That that kind of move does not happen. Yeah, Justin, seven years, eighty for a first baseman with no power average. Listen, it's, they it's put not me into a, a trade when Chicago. I know I wasn't the main piece. Yeah, yeah with uh, D Rob. <laughs> yeah, they threw me in. Tommy Kane. I know it was Kane and D Rob, but guess what? I live to see a better day. It and worked out could, great for you. Yeah, it did. It could work out for Crony. Yeah, but he's not getting dealt. Full I'm of baloney. You, no freaking chance that he's getting dealt. Uh, speaking of baloney, Bryce, don't, don't say there's not a chance. You're still, I'm still pissed off about the Ken Rosenthal thing you did. But you I'm think really... that I, caught, <laughs> I led to that? Someone's got to stick up for Kenny Ballgame. I Bryce Balognini, Balognini, Baloney. Can you ask Ken? But Ken's gone, and we'll have him again later this week about the Rockies and if Ryan McMahon is on the trade block. Perfect fit for the Yankees. So. The Rockies still have like five or six more dudes to deal that are short-term that we talked about yesterday, right? C.J. Crone, Brad Hand. Who else did I mention? Uh, Brent Suter. Brent Suter, for sure. Gritchick. Gritchick, for sure. So this is a six-year, $70 million deal for McMahon, who I think is a little bit underrated. So I don't see it. Uh, I think it's, it's – I mean – you got to keep somebody. Yeah. That's a guy who's been a stalwart there. I think he still has another level offensively. He plays a great. De- uh, he's got a great glove. Plays a great third. No doubt. 
I don't think that's happening. No, and then you need maybe to... in the off season, not not mid season trade for me. No, yeah, no, I don't have that. I don't have that as something that is worth it. The guy's locked up till twenty seven. On a, on a pretty team-friendly deal, yeah. now. On a decent deal. They already He's got t- rid of Arenado, Arenado too. So it's the same like, deal right, as Cronenworth. It's the same deal as Cronenworth, but McMahon has been a significantly better player this year. And they have, they have some guys that can play positions. You still have Chris Bryant, whether you think he's a player or not. He's versatile for him. You have Doyle in center. Tovar is showing he could be a guy. I don't think... The Rockies are a the Rockies. We should have asked Ken about the Rockies because the Rockies are when your owner, I think it was the owner, came out and was like, "I feel, <laughs> like, I feel like we built a, me. feel like we built a 500 ball club this year." Right. That is like that's worse than somebody being. That's worse than the Pirates being like, "We're just not going to spend." Yeah. We're not going to spend. We're going to build for three years. We're going to rebuild. 500. You think we're going to just split every uh, four game series? And just finish the season. That couldn't be more of a blah answer, and almost angering to Colorado fans. I agree, but no, McMahon, he's staying. Well, because he got good smashed. Player, the, I think it was the year before for saying like they were going to maybe be good. And That's okay. Like, no, or or just don't say anything, or you know, say we don't know what we're doing. We don't have a plan, or we're rebuilding. That's okay that. to be positive. Why can't you say? Why can't you say? Yeah, I think we're going to be negative. good, and we're going to live this. We're going to live this lie, even if we're going to make you believe it. And if we don't make the playoffs, a bunch of people believed we were going to be good enough, and they gave it everything. Eh, we're going to be five hundred. I'll try today, tomorrow, mm-hmm. not so much. We got to win this series already. We're good. I'm we're not going to continue. I'm glad that we're at least talking about them. And and a couple of people mentioned Profar. That's the last name there. Yes, he's yeah. also on a one year deal. So. And Profar's had a, a decent year. He, he could standard Profar year. A lot of years. I never understand Jackson Profar. <laughs> I don't. What do you think his WAR is in his career? And I know you don't like WAR. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Exactly. I would say nine five. Okay. He's a minus one point one WAR, and I know WAR is not the biggest this thing. This year, he has a stolen base. He doesn't really. What what does he give you? But he's got that name where it's like Jerkson Profar. He's gonna be a guy. He hit like 360 one year in the minor leagues at mm-hmm. 20. And he's got he's got almost nine years in the show. He's getting his ten his He's been doing it for he, a while. And but he hasn't been doing anything for a while. He's a seven oh seven OPS in his career. Like well, he's not the home run hitter. He's not a home run hitter. He's he's plays a lot of positions. None of them are real great. Right. To he me, plays a number of positions. He actually has, has stayed on the field because he had a ton of injury issues early in his career. On a one year deal. And he's streaky and he's average. He's an average ish player. Below average. Below average player. Below average player with an above average name. Little League World Series champ. Yep. And Just still fair. only thirty. <laughs> I, I just I've never understood, and this is the first time we brought up jerks and profar. I've never understood the infatuation Spot with Spot filler? I mean, I don't know what else to, to put it. Sure. We're going to continue this combo, just so you know, in a sec. A team also that we want to make sure we give more coverage to is the Minnesota Twins. And we'll keep taking your trade questions. We'll bring them to our next writer, too. So keep those going in the chat right now. We're loving it. 
Obviously, I'm getting to as much as I can, and we'll try and do that much more frequently, especially over the next week. Like, bring it, okay? We'll put you in your place if we need to. I don't even want to put it that way. We'll, we will pump the brakes for you if need be. If you're getting a little too aggressive trying to trade away a player that you don't want that no one else wants, we will help you out there, okay? Also, unrealistic trade offers. We can help <laughs> on that front, too. We're not the best at it, but Ken Rosenthal is. So I like those. Us. I like the unrealistic. unrealistic I trade. like unrealistic how, like you said yesterday, 11 teams all are getting Marcus Stroman. Yeah. Like he's only going to play for one. I love yes. – I'm going to I'm gonna go against you, Scott. You're the, you're the chat guy. You really do good good job on the chat. Send us your unrealistic trades because they're funny. <laughs> yeah. Okay, fine. They're like a so fart. They're we'll funny. We'll do that today. Okay, fine. You can mix in some unrealistic trades. Give me like a hashtag in there so I can pick them out and we'll put them in slap hands at the end of the show. Okay. Yes. Hashtag unrealistic trades. Yeah. URT. Hashtag URT and then put whatever it is. The other stuff, if you're real serious in serious mode, we'll handle that too. <laughs> but hashtag URT and we'll cover that. Okay. So a lot more questions to get to here on, uh, I, I will call it a week to go until the trade deadline. Almost exactly a week now. Yeah. So Charlotte's Web Player Access is sponsored by Recreate. And right now, they connect us with Bobby Nightingale, the Twins beat reporter for the Minneapolis Star Tribune. It's been a minute. Bobby, I think we spoke like maybe it was the first week or so ever in foul territory history. And actually, a lot has changed, and including what you're doing, too. Yeah, last time I talked to you guys, I was covering the Reds, and they were destined to be a last-place team. And I think we talked about how they might be able to avoid 100 losses. So, yeah, a lot's changed. Uh, Switched over to the Twins probably – six weeks ago now. So uh, missed, all, missed all the Ellie De La Cruz fun and America's team and everything that's been going on in Cincinnati, all those sold out crowds, but uh, been fun covering the twins too. I mean, they're they, since the all-star break, they have the best record. So uh, I, I, I guess finally I get to see some wins. And you missed April in Minnesota. You put, you switched over in May, correct? Yeah. At the end of May. So as soon as, as, soon yeah. as the weather got normal. I, I see what you did there. I like that. <laughs> Job sure. offer, waiting on it, waiting on it, checks weather, and I'm in. I'm ready. 72 <laughs> degrees. Very well played. All right, so like, let's talk through this because we admittedly haven't given the Twins, in my mind, enough love. Although at the same time, we definitely, in the first half, shit on the AL Central at times because you could take the top team, which was off in Minnesota, and put them still at the bottom of the AL East. But now here comes Minnesota. You're right. They have the best record in the second half of the season. Back-to-back great walk-off wins for the ball club. We like Correa going to the top of the lineup, but let's get right to the trade conversation. So now that this team is creating a little bit of separation in the division, they're four games up. That's their tied for their largest lead of the season. Tell me what you want to see from Minnesota. Like, let's assume they make a push here because their pitching's good. What should they be looking to do? Areas of improvement, and if you've got some players in mind. Yeah, I think right-handed hitter is probably the on position player wise, top of the list, probably a right-handed hitting outfielder. Um, if, I mean, they've been an underperforming offense for most of the season. They've been better in the second half since the all-star break. Um, but a lot of it, I mean, like Carlos Correa is having the worst offensive season of his career. He's been better as a leadoff guy. Um, but I mean, they're going to need him to go on a tear if they're going to actually make, you know, do damage in October. Uh, Byron Buxton's hitting around 190 um, as a full-time DH. So, I mean, that's kind of one of the big questions locally is, you know, what, what are they going to do with Buxton? Um, if he's not playing center and he's not hitting, what, what can you do with him? But, I mean, he's a guy who he's streaky at times. They, they need him to hit in the second half. Um, Joey Gallo, another streaky type hitter, strikes out a ton, not going to hit for a ton of average, but gets on base and hits homers. So, I mean, they're, they're, they have guys that traditionally 
they can carry an offense for weeks at a time. I don't, I don't think they are planning to do a huge splash. I don't think you have to do a big splash. Um, you know, they, you look at last year's trade deadline, they traded Tyler Malley um, for Spencer Steer and Christian Encarnacion's strand to the Reds. Um, and losing those two, I mean, both right-handed hitters. Steer's playing the outfield now, so, I mean, he would have fit, on, fit in, I think, pretty well on this team. Um, so, I mean, I think you look at, not that you're gun-shy, not that you look at last year and you're like, wow, those, those, those trades didn't work out. Jorge Lopez, they acquired from Baltimore, and they lost um, Yenier Cano, who made the all-star team and uh, a good pitching prospect in double-A. So, I mean, they, they had some bad trades when they went for it last year. I, I think that's got to be at least in the back of their mind this year and saying we, we, we can't afford to kind of lose the future there. Um, you know, losing six years of Spencer Steer and Christian Encarnacion strand hurts a little bit, uh, especially when Tyler Malley's out for the season with Tommy John. So I think that affects it. Um, and, and then, you know, looking at the right-handed best that are out there, maybe like a Tommy Pham, uh, Elaine Thomas from the Washington Nationals. Um, I, I think those are the type of hitters, guys who can hit lefties. I mean, they've been the worst hitting team against left-handed pitching this year. Um, so some guys that can lift that up and, and might be okay if they're in a playing time crunch and aren't playing every day. Um, because there is some talent on this team, uh, position player-wise, that might force you to, you know, look more for a fourth outfielder versus a guy that plans to be in the lineup every day. And then relievers. I mean, I, th- I think every team, every contender could use relievers. So basically, you're just going to upgrade at every position, except <laughs> for the Canadian crusher, Edward Julian. What is, what, is, what is it like seeing him play every day? And the Twins, I'm not saying it's because of him. But he is a huge reason they're in the position that they're in, especially getting this new four-game lead that they have. Oh, yeah, he's a huge part of it. I mean, as much a part of it as anybody. Um, they moved Carlos Correa to the leadoff spot at the end of June. Um, and, and since then, Julian's pretty much hit second behind him. And I, I think it's made Correa's kind of transition to leadoff easier. I mean, it's really the first time in his career he's ever done this for an extended amount of time. Um, but being a guy who's like, okay, Correa, all you have to do is get on base. Julian's going to do a lot of damage, whether – um, I don't think he has a ton of homers, like five or six. Um, mm-hmm. But in July, he's hitting like 480. I mean, he's, he's been <laughs> unbelievable. Um, just just a guy who, I mean, he hits the all fields, has surprising power for a guy who's a second baseman. Um, and, and then he's, he's not a great defender, so, I mean, he has to hit at a high level. Um, but it's something he's done since he played at Auburn. He's done it all in the minor leagues. That was kind of his billing um, out of Canada was, you know, this guy can hit. Uh, great eye. Kind of reminds me of like a, a second base version of Joey Votto where, Good eye, um, can hit to all fields, um, a little bit less power than Joey, obviously, uh, because of the position change, but um, kind of two Canadians who have a great awareness of the strike zone and can kind of lift the middle of an offense. Hey, my question to you is you talk about getting a right-handed bat. For one, is there a single guy that you think would come in and dominate in that position? Because for us, when we talk about it, there's not one that's like going to blow you away pretty much, but there's a couple good um, – additions that you can go out there, you know, maybe like a, a, a Grishik or some, some kind like that. Yeah. I don't, I don't think there's a big guy out there. I mean, like Goldschmidt would be like the ultimate right-handed bat, but I mean, I, I don't think the Cardinals are going to make them available. Um, and then also it'd be, you know, the, I don't think the twins are going to trade a, their entire farm system to try to get them uh, for a year and a half. But I mean, I, I, I think you're right where you could get some fourth, you know, Grichuk, um Lane Thomas is, had a surprising season. I mean, may, maybe this is, you know, a part of a breakout for him now that he's finally getting real playing time. Um, you know, Tommy Famine with the Mets. I mean, I, I saw him last year with the Reds, um, really struggled with strikeouts, wasn't walking as much. He's really turned it around this year. 
Um, I think everyone kind of questioned how he'd adjust to a fourth outfielder role where maybe he's not playing every day. And I think he's adapted to it really well. Uh, brings an edge, obviously. So, I mean, I, I, th I think there's guys out there that um, if you get the right one could really upgrade the offense. Because, I mean, part of it, too, I mean, you have right-handed, good right-handed hitters like Correa and Buxton. They just haven't hit to the to the level that they usually do. Um, they have some complimentary guys like Donovan Solano and Kyle Farmer, both right-handed hitters who um, traditionally have been great against lefties. Uh, Farmer's probably been worse against lefties this year than he has been in his career. So um, th there are guys, I, th I think, that if they step up, plus you add one guy in, um, you know, I, I think that could change the kind of the narrative of the team against left-handed pitching. You talk about narrative and you talk about the different needs of the team. Has there been a concerted effort, and maybe this is why the Twins may not do anything, their OPS from June till today in July went up 100 points. They had an OPS of 680 as a team, and now it's up to 781. Is there, has there been a concerted effort to improve that? Because they're still striking out at a ridiculous clip. They're walking, they're walking some a little bit more, but has there been a concerted effort or a change in the team philosophy? And can this continue, or is it just a good month? I think partially it's a good month. I mean, I saw like the batting average on balls in play went from like 290, um, you know, the first three months of the season to like 350 this month. So, I mean, they, they're ha they have been getting like more balls are dropping. Um, but I mean, I also think there's been a concerted effort in terms of um, they got swept by Atlanta last month. And that was kind of like their the kind of the turning point for wait, something's got to change. Uh, and that's when Correa went to lead off. Um, that for a short amount of time, they had players leading the hitters meetings instead of coaches. Um, I, I think kind of trying to get out of the, you know, here, here's the hitting report. Here's the scouting report for the day. I'm going to tell you guys what to do. It's almost like, okay, you guys lead the way. So tell your teammates how you think you should do it because you know what they were doing before wasn't working. I mean, they, they have too much, too much firepower in my opinion to, to be one of the worst um, offenses, which they were for the first three months. So um, I, I think part of it's just turning around. And then also, I mean, like you, we mentioned Edward Julian, he, he's, he's had a great month. Alex Kirloff, um, he, he missed the first couple months of the season recovering from wrist surgery. Um, he, he's turned it around. And then, you know, Max Kepler, a, a guy who hasn't had a, a great season in a couple of years, but um, kind of showed in 2019 what his potential is, his peak. Um, he's, he's been having a good month with uh, some guys behind him, like Matt Walner and Trevor Larnock. They're kind of pushing him saying, okay, if you're, if you're not going to step up, we have some guys to give playing time to. And, and, he, and to Kepler's credit, he stepped up. So, I mean, I, I think partially it's some stuff they changed and also some, you know, there's been some good luck to Pat this month. You said they changed from coaches-led meetings to player-led meetings. Is this a – we know Carlos Correa is in everything. He was on the show at the beginning of the season. Is this a Carlos Correa thing? Is this a coaches trying to be the whole, like – well, players, what do you need and everything? Or was this like a, was this a revolt? I don't, I don't think it was a revolt, but I think it was one of those, what we're doing is not working and kind of, uh, they have gone back to coaches leading the hitters meetings as far as I know. Um, this was like a three-week thing. Uh, but I think part of it too was, I mean, you have guys like Correa and Buxton and um, I remember Royce Lewis, he's hurt right now, um, but one of the rookies that um, was hitting well at the time before he got hurt saying kind of like, you know, it's different. I'm sure you guys can relate. I mean, just guys like Buxton says this guy's got extra cut on his fastball. And it might you might not see it on video, um, but when you hear it from a guy like Byron who's faced him a ton of times and is a veteran, I'm, I'm going to believe him more. And I, you know, the, I think player-to-player -player communication 
Um, it's something they wanted to, I don't, every team wants to emphasize it, but I think it was one thing that um, they felt like was missing was in terms of, okay, here's the scouting report. You guys do this. Now it's more hitters. Okay, you lead the way. You you see what you, like Carlos Correa, like you guys mentioned, a great guy who's great at explaining things. Um, explain what you're seeing against this guy over the course of your career. Um, and I, I think for the younger guys that they said that was a huge adjustment in terms of um, things, things were able to click a little bit better. And I'll finish with me. Is this team, whether they say they don't get anybody, you know, say just a slow moving trade thing, is this team have the, the pieces right now to make a run in this playoffs? I think because of the starting pitching, I think you at least have to give them a chance. Um, it, it's a bad division. Um, you know, our, you know, both centrals have been terrible this year. Um, but I mean, if you go, you're starting three in a playoff series, if you say um, Sonny Gray, Pablo Lopez and Joe Ryan, and then you also have Kenta Maeda um, as a fourth. I mean, I mean, I, I think Bailey Ober too, he's got like a under three ERA. Um, you know, if you have those guys in, in a playoff rotation, I think you at least have to feel good about it. Um, now, obviously their offense, they strike out so much. I, I think that's the big question. I mean, they almost remind me of like a 2019 style offense where it's almost all boom or bust. Um, can, can a team that strikes out 12 times a game, can they win in the playoffs? That'll be the big question. Um, but I, I think with the starting pitching, if you get there, I, I think that's a scary matchup on paper if you say, okay, Sonny Gray, Joe Ryan, Pablo Lopez, that's who you have to face the first three games. Now, the Twins went after Correa, got him back again, signed him again. I feel like not a lot of people saw that. The Twins kind of have been shifting in that direction. Could they do something big and trade from that starting pitching depth? Because really, everybody wants more starting pitching. So that value is there. Could they give up? One of those four guys that you mentioned going into the playoffs with three guys is really all you need, or you think there's no shot that they're going to ever let anybody touch their starting pitcher? That's been mentioned. I mean, like Maeda and Sonny Gray are both free agents at the end of the year, but I, I don't, I don't think they'll pull the trigger on that. One, I mean, you you never can have too much pitching depth. I mean, you're only an injury or two from not having much pitching depth. Um, and second, I, I think teams have to be at least all teams have to be wary of like what happened in Milwaukee first place team in a bad division last year. They felt like for sure they were going to make the playoffs. They trade Josh Hader. Um, and, and then you kind of saw kind of how the clubhouse collapsed. And even a year later, I mean, P Milwaukee players, I mean, I heard them talking at this trade, to, uh, at this all-star game. I mean, they're still like, you know, that, that ruined our season. Um, and so, I mean, they, you, when players, I mean, when they're pointing to it a year later, um, trading from a strength, I, I, th I think that's kind of the case where like, you, even though it's an area of strength, even though you'd probably get a ton back, um, I, I can't see the Twins pulling the trigger on that. Do you think Twins fans are excited to see the Yankees struggling just because they won't have to face them potentially? Because <laughs> the Yanks could grab, hey, oh, the I Yanks see. grab that sixth spot. And the Twins and the win twins, their division. The Twins are going to be in that third spot. Yep. Most likely, right? So three against six, you know what could be coming for the billionth time. <laughs> you, know, you know the fan base would be cringing pretty hard, but the, the Twins won the season series this year. So, I mean, yep. that, I think that was the first time since 2001 or 2002, which is so hard to believe. I mean, a stat like that, I mean, I haven't beat the Yankees in a, in a season, you know, the seven times they play them um, in almost two decades. So um, they did win the season series, so maybe that takes some ease away, but um, – you know, 18 straight playoff losses. That's that's on the mind of a lot of fans. Was Judge in that second series? Do you remember? Was Judge in that second series with Twins Yankees? I'm trying to remember. Uh, I think he was. I think he was. I think he was. I think he was. Okay. 
Obviously, yeah. Rodon wasn't, but he's not pitching well. But whatever. I'm, I, no, it's just it's going to get brought up if it starts to come around. Yes, you know, it will. if the Yanks start to come around. So, <laughs> Bobby, great to catch up with you. Congrats on the gig, and uh, we'll talk again down the line and have fun watching this ball club, man. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Bobby Nightingale Jr. and definitely give him a follow and read what he's bringing to the table too. You can see all of his work. Um, I'll get you the uh, Twitter handle in just a second here too. But uh, great insight on the Twins in my mind at a time when they should be talked about a lot more for what they've done in the second half of the season. I mean, they've been a very good ball club. You can see him uh, in the Minneapolis Star Tribune, but this team's been really good. And by the way, check out a chance to win a trip to the 2023 World Series. It's real. Recreate wants to send you to the World Series. You just follow hello underscore recreate on Instagram for more information. No purchase necessary. The sweepstakes end soon, July 31st. You got to be 18 plus to enter. For rules, visit charlottesweb.com slash World Series. Recreate is the official CBD of Major League Baseball. Let's Let's dig, okay? In the weeds we go right now. And we'll get to more of your questions on the trade deadline. But first, just want to cover the Phillies for a moment and the Orioles beating them 3 2. <clears throat> another great game yesterday. Orioles did not have their top two relievers available. Cano's, we talked about this arm slots dropping. I think they're going to chill on him a little bit. Um, clear sign of some fatigue at this point in the year. And then Bautista, I think, had been using like four of their last five games. So we knew from yeah. the jump, not available. They, they, it was a little shaky late, but they still get the job done. Well, I want to backtrack for a sec. Trey Turner, mm. 0 for 3. Two errors. He is now feeling it mentally. You can see it because he's a good – he's solid. He makes all the plays he's supposed to make it short, and he wasn't doing that yesterday. He hasn't been doing that lately. He's slumping on defense, offense getting to his head. I do not think by any means this is the Trey Turner Phillies fans are going to see, but you can look at the difference between this year and last year, and if you look at the OPS Plus and the war and all of that, it's even worse. But, I mean, this year he's 247, 300 on base, 387 slug. I mean, the strikeout numbers are high. Those are the strikeout numbers now versus last year. And last year, that's a full season. This year, obviously, he's at 106 already. So, he's feeling it. He doesn't like a a borderline call, but it was close when you looked back. Kratzy, he gets tossed from the game for throwing his equipment. And he was giving it to the ump. I mean, he... No, he should have been tossed. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, I'm. You're, you're I'm just back, but no, I, I, I'm a three hundred million dollar player. I'm okay. I mean, I know Phillies fans are pissed, but to me, we see this often. How often do you see a guy sign a big deal, starts up with a new ball club, first year he sucks, and then he's better? Uh, the Phillies fans just saw it last year with Nick Castellanos. Yes, true. He's an all star this year. He hit like two sixty with no juice. Castellanos had the big hit last night. If it wasn't for Schwarber not making a catch, I mean, it wasn't an error, but Schwarber not make that catch last night, Castellanos is the hero. And so better things are going to come. Talk talk the Philly fans out of worst contract ever, all that stuff. <laughs> Stop it. The thing that's interesting to me, and Todd, you can attest this because you signed free agent deals. Some people sit there and go, oh, man, I've got – he's got $300 million coming to him. Yep. I'm good. But he's an elite player. The money he was going to get no matter what. Sure. So to me, why do I see when I delve into his stats, this is crazy to me, his worst pitch that he would make any kind of contact on, homers, just damage. I consider it damage. Slugging on base percentage, 
for the last five years was slider, slider cutter okay. from lefties and for righties. This year, his number one damage pitch is sliders and cutters. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. I don't understand it. No. Curveballs, <clears throat> curveballs the last five years, he's had a OPS of close to 850. This year, he has an OPS versus lefties on curveballs of .08. Oh. He has seven hits. I'm sorry. One hit on curveballs this year. What is – like, how uh, is there a difference in, you, like, your complete – you go to a new team and you have a hitting coach that goes, I need you to do this. Yeah, we're going to change everything? I don't know, man. Because Kevin Long had him in in Washington. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's something going on there. I mean, <clears throat> my big – like you said, that's a big concern too as well. I, I never hit off-speed pitch as well, but – he usually feasts on those off-speed pitches to me. But from what I've seen in the past, he's, he's he's dominant. The big another big concern for me though is the errors, and I and I think that's something that you got to be able to understand. All right, I'm struggling at the plate, but at the same time, I can't take that out in the field. And he's a really good defender. I love him there, and I love him as a shortstop. But he's he's solid. He's going to be okay. But at the same time. When you break down the numbers like that, it's kind of starting a little bit. Is he trying to swing at every curveball? Is he trying to hit everything out of the ballpark? I don't know. Smaller field. Does yeah. he feel like you're not I, – I don't, I don't know what that feeling is like. No, me neither. Because he shouldn't come here and be like, wow, I got to carry this team because they have so much. I just think it's the new scenery. His chase rate is way bigger, and I mm. think it's the opposite of – you give you give some guys who are kind of grinding around in the in the league a little bit a contract, and they're like, "Oh, I can play now." A guy like this, he's like, "I did great before. I'm going to be unbelievable yeah. now." You just mm-hmm. stay with you. And been doing. and the chase the chase rate is the part that's weird to me. Like, but that means he's trying. He, you know, what he's I'm saying? totally we trying. Our guess, but I'm saying like I'd rather have that than there's some dudes that sign and then they're chilling. Okay, there's a lot of talk about that with like certain White Sox players where they're not playing, right? And you just don't feel like they're giving you their all. Trey's he Trey is, is trying, trying, probably over trying. I want that type of player. Just saying. August, I mean July 25th is the turnaround day for Trey Turner. There you go. And I am loving the action in the chat today. Questions, both real and not that real, yes. about moves that people want to see. Hashtag yes. URT has been used frequently for unrealistic trades, for you to just get something off your chest. If you feel like it's fake and you want to talk about it, that's fine. On the real question side, I'll bring up a few here while we have a sec. D-Rod said, which outfielder does St. Louis trade? Definitely Tyler O'Neill. 1,000%. What happened earlier in the year – in my mind, was kind of weird. Like, you're, you're, like clearly, there's it. a there's a, a separation there between Disconnect, him and yeah. coaching staff. And a all discussion that. had been had before that. Yeah, yes. yeah. So I I like the player. I think he's going to help a team. I think that's a good buy low. I think Dylan Carlson could get dealt. I think the Cardinals also are really struggling right now behind the scenes to be like, who do we deal? Because we've had a lot of failure with dealing the wrong outfielders away and them turning into stars. So and which ones should we be keeping? And pitchers? Especially, I mean, the pitchers that they've dealt away have turned out pretty decent. And well, look at the outfielders, dude. Like, that's a Rosarena and Adolis Garcia. He's doing better. 
Bader, uh, even Lane Thomas leaves, and he's good. If I were to encourage they the Cardinals on anything, if I would encourage the Cardinals on anything, don't get rid of guys who might not necessarily fit your Cardinal way mold. Your mold, yeah. Like, just because Tyler O'Neill might – like, I feel like the whole thing early in the year was kind of like, did he kick back against something? Did yeah, he say something? Obviously all hypothetical, but we heard from we heard from Zach Gallen how he kind of wasn't he wasn't a guy that like he didn't quite do what they said. He wasn't a yes man. He gone. And you know, they have to make they kind of have to make this right. But they also have to figure out who is going to play what position for them next year because they got second baseman and center and supposedly they have a dearth of outfielders and then they're like well the one person we're going to keep is Newt Bar. <laughs> and I'm kind of like, you don't have to explain to me why, but they have to figure out what their lineup is going to be next year and then trade from there. Mm-hmm. I also think the Cardinal way stuff can get a little crazy at times. And the Zach Gallen story, if it, just Google Zach Gallen foul territory on YouTube, blew my mind when he went over for like 15 minutes, the Cardinal situation and how he essentially felt like him not kind of faking it to show up to some random voluntary because he was getting his work in because he was getting his work in not like showing face almost not playing the political game behind the scenes to be like hey guys i'm here part of that cardinal way he's like i just want to get better and then they took it the wrong way and he felt like that kind of moved him down their line of oh yeah when teams want to make a deal with us we'll include him on that list and not put him on the we must protect at all cost list massive mistake that's why it's like dude everyone's different was he breaking rules left and right doesn't seem like that kind of guy so i th- i think they need to do a hard check on who they're keeping who they're not keeping so <laughs> bruce goes tyler o'neill for marco gonzalez that was the original deal wasn't it it was i O'Neal. think so yeah. yeah it was it was i don't know if there were other players involved but that was <laughs> that was the original you deal. won't so um i love it uh, and then, uh, yes, the unrealistic trades, I think we'll get to in a sec. Cause we have our last guest of the day. Is he ready? Give me a yes or a no. Anyone? Yes. I think okay. he's ready to rock. Ready. Oh baby. I didn't get the official. Yes, but now I got it. Okay. It is time for the debut of the perfect game player of the week powered by launch hydrate. Caleb Bonimer will be a senior shortstop and third baseman. He's on the left side of the infield this year at Okemos High School in Michigan. He's the top-ranked PG player in Michigan. He was a second-team perfect game high school All-American this season, Michigan Gatorade Player of the Year after posting a solid 538 batting average, (laughs) OPS at 1143, 12 homers, 45 RBIs, currently committed to the University of Virginia. Caleb joins us right now on FT Live. Caleb, how you doing? Have a summer, man. Why don't you? Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. So tell me, what's been the best part of your summer so far? And I have a guess of of the moment, but I want to hear it from you. Um, yeah, so far, it's probably been the PG National Showcase. Um, I, I say I, I did pretty well there, uh, hit a few homers, put up some, some good numbers. So I say that was probably the best moment of my summer so far. So what is a, what is a pretty good... What is a pretty good moment? Because so, fans, not everybody knows what I have a 16-year-old boy that plays PG tournaments and hasn't done any showcases yet. What is a good moment for you after you had just an absolute epic high school season? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I had a pretty good high school season. Um, but to be able to do what I did at PG National on that type of stage, I guess, 
um, against the best, the best against uh, competition in the country and in front of all the scouts and PG guys. Um, yeah, I don't really see how, how it could get any, any better than that. And there was definitely a lot of social media attention that came with it after, but um, it was all it was all pretty cool and pretty fun. Yeah, it, sa- it says you play a little third base too as well. For me, you got that good makeup as a shortstop, man. So what do, what do you do? Do you prefer one over the other or no? Yeah, I like to play short mainly. Um, I, I mean, I've heard some people say that I might move to third as, as I get uh, farther along in my career, but uh, I'd like to stay at shortstop as long as I can. Um, and, I, yeah, I just enjoy playing short more. Um, let me ask you this. Uh, when did you first – your first official time, like playing for PG, like how, how old were you? Cause I got, I got a nine year old right now. We're actually going to start <laughs> doing perfect. He laughed at me because he's like, you guys are crazy, but there's perfect game tournaments going on all over the place as early as seven years old. Like when was the first time you started playing? Yeah. Uh, I think my first PG event was probably 12 or 13 you. Um, but I mean, I was playing travel ball ever since like uh, 10, 11 you, but I think my first PG event was probably 12U. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I was playing, like, USSA tournaments and stuff like that uh, way before PG. All right. So you're going into your senior year now. What yep. would be a – what would be, like – you were obviously working up towards that national showcase. You balled out. You did awesome. You're a 9.5 on the PG scale. What would be a – quality senior season for you? Do you want to get drafted or you want to go to beautiful Charlottesville in the Shenandoah Valley and have an absolute epic time in Virginia? Yeah. I mean, um, if the right opportunity comes with the draft and, and yeah, if the right opportunity comes with the draft, I, I definitely be something that I'd be interested in taking. Cause uh, I mean, playing professional baseball has obviously been a dream of mine for as long as I can remember. But uh, if that doesn't work out, like you said, um, going to play baseball at Virginia is, is just as good as an option as playing professional baseball. So either way, I think I've got a, a great option. But um, I've always wanted to play professional baseball. So to be able to do that would be pretty special. Who's your team? Who's your big league team that you cheer for? Uh, I've always been a Red Sox guy, um, even though I'm from Michigan. But I, I was a Mookie Betts fan for a while, so I kind of just stuck with the Red Sox. So it says here on your website, on your PG site, and you got to tell me if this is true or not. Look, you've already got your scholarship. I know you're a good player. You balled out. It says you ran a 6-3-5-60. And Mookie yeah. Betts is your favorite player. And you're 6 foot, 6'1"? Six, yes, yeah, 6'1". Six six yeah. Okay. 6'1". Like, yeah. is, did you really run a 6-3-5? Let's be honest. Come on. Well, you were rolling. I mean, I, I've always – I was around 6'5 over the winter. So, I mean – yeah, I don't know. I guess I ran six three five. I mean, I'll take it. I mean, I was hoping for around a six four or six five, but I guess six three five. I'll take that. Absolutely, Hell you yeah. work. Yeah. You work for it. You work for yeah, it. You, no you got that extra. That's rolling. Also, Caleb, how old are you? Uh, seventeen. He's seventeen. Yeah, so he's more. gonna Crazy. grow more. He's gonna get faster. <laughs> uh, I have a couple for you. So first up, do you have a nickname? Uh. I know, a lot of kids uh, at home call me CB2 because CB, my initials, and my number two. But I know people call me Bones a lot. My last name is Bond. There you go. Uh, That's but, what we were yeah. thinking. So there's a dude that played like ages ago, like back, I think his last year was like in the late 90s. With Griffey. Uh, his name is Jay Buner, and he yep. had 
was it bone or bones? Bone. I think it was. It was one of those. Okay. Bone, Even bone, hard for me bone, to remember, Caleb. Bone. I mean, I'm much older than you, but bones. Okay. So yeah. I think there's been enough time that has passed that you can take that honor. Okay. <laughs> All <right>. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, I wanted to know about playing ball in Michigan because no matter what, obviously you're going to have half the year where it's cold as hell. And yep. you've either got to play inside or you hop around to tournaments. So I figure that having the chance, for example, to participate in perfect game tournaments helps a lot on that front because scouts are always trying to knock guys in my mind in the past being like, oh, but, you know, he's a Michigan guy, he hasn't faced that competition or he's not playing year round. You know, what's your response to that? Yeah, I mean, I think we got great baseball up here in Michigan. Um like you said, we, we compete with the best at all the PG events. Um, even though it gets a little bit colder here in the winter, uh, we still got great places to train and work out. And when it finally comes to the spring and summertime, we compete with the best down south. So, uh, yeah, I think up here in Michigan and up north, we, we got some of the best talent in the country. I love playing it because I like it's a fun game that we used to play in the minor leagues. Who's your player comp? Who do you think, or you who you try to emulate? You said you like Mookie Betts. Yeah, but um, who's who's your player comp? Because he doesn't play shortstop. Oh, he probably probably could. I don't know. As a hitter, I mean, I kind of try to take a few things from Trout, even though I, I don't play outfield. But I, don't, I just love the way Trout plays the game and love the way he swings the bat. Um, he's got a pretty simple swing, and I try to keep my swing pretty simple. But uh, I mean, I like guys like Tatis and Jeter. Um, when Tatis was a shortstop, but, uh, Jeter, he's a guy who I like to model my game after, uh, leader on the field, great shortstop. He's a winner. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'd say in the game right now, I think Trout is one of my top guys. Hey, Caleb, awesome talking to you, man. Congratulations on having a monster, monster summer so far. Keep that up, dude. And, uh, we'll hope to talk to you down the line. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate you. Thank you. Good luck. Caleb Bonimer, great combo. And want to remind everyone, you can use that QR code on the screen. I love the uh, the art. Those great. colors are right up my alley. Yeah. Uh, enter the claim code 20FOULLAUNCH to get 20% off all four flavors of Launch Hydrate. Bring us on the screen a little bit here, too. And they taste delicious. Very good. There it is, baby. A little orange and blue action. Actually, this would look real nice, like well, on Mets. a uni for the Mets. The Mets. the Mets, yeah, it's got like a little more pop to it than the Mets colors does. You know, like um, it's it's nicer. So I'm on this. I this like is it. orange. I got the tropical. Tropical is smacking. Oh, I'd have to try that one next. There you yeah. go, baby. Um, let's uh, slap hands. <laughs> Beautiful. All right. So Kratzhats, what do you got for us? Well, I mean, the guy was on my guy, my guy T Frage, he was wearing his USA hat. My guy T Frage wouldn't have had his opportunity to be a Olympian (laughs) if I hadn't worn this hat in the premier 12. And I was technically, technically I was all world team. I mean, they voted for it. I was on it. So you're welcome. Technically all world. Yeah. It's not even, it's literally not technically incredible. 
Okay. Um, <laughs> I want to finish with this. I have one real and then the fake stuff. Okay. MC we said, who's the, cause we had so many great questions today. We'll keep this running. I know people were feeling it in the chat. Who's the surprise guy that gets traded. We all have guys we expect, but what about a surprise? Pete Alonzo, Nolan Arenado, Goldschmidt. Alonzo's not getting traded. Mm-mm-mm. Nope. No chance. Uh, for me, I, I know you were against it, but I could see Goldie maybe more than Arenado, but I don't know. Other other names that are surprise names that could get dealt. You want to? Why don't we pocket that one and we'll think about it? And I'll bring it up again for the next show because it's hard to just blitz me with that one. I want to make sure I do some homework on it. And then lastly, hashtag URT was used in the chat. Unrealistic trades. You want to hear a few? Mm, I'm here for it. Okay, Christian said. Julio Rodriguez for Luis Robert and Dylan Cease. Ooh, that is just have. wild I on love so it. many fronts. Love it though. Ari. Oh, and then some did ones where it's just like rip off city. So Ari did Otani <laughs> to the Yankees for Clint Frazier and Miguel Andujar, even though neither of them are even there. But Yankee oh, fans oh, were trying to trade those guys forever. forever. And forever. They, were, they would try, they'd be like, name the top player and we're trading Andujar and Frazier for him. And throw in Floreal. No so realistic. No relation. Like, yeah. If you want to hear hashtag URT, <laughs> like the, the trades like this, but like people think they're real, local sports radio in New York is insane for that. Forrest, Jonathan India for Blake Snell. I mean, not happening, but cute. cute. Uh, Montgomery, Stanley, Alonzo and Scherzer to the Twins. Yeah, there we go. I got two more for you. Reagan, Manoa for Cole. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was, I was, I was I like sitting at my pause. I was kind of waiting to see That's what it. else they were giving him. No, <laughs> just straight up. There's so many I love there, but I love it. I and love then it. Toasty, you'll finish for us since, since he's probably the most active. Seattle sends Bryce Miller, Emerson Hancock, who's a good pitching prospect for them, Teoscar Hernandez, shortstop Cole Young, another good prospect for them, to the Angels for Shohei Otani. Yeah, best one yet. There you go. That's, that best. like that unrealistic, honestly. That's totally unrealistic. Is you, th- it? you think Shohei <laughs> would sit there and go, Going to the Mariners? Uh, Joey wants to go to the Mariners. Yeah, but not, not this, this year. year. I'm not saying wants to. That that might be a little too far. But I think they will be on his short list in the offseason. For sure. The West he, Coast is there. He has lived in Seattle for parts of the last two offseasons. Fun fact. Yeah. That, that matters. Oh, yes. Right? If Tom's River had a ball club, wouldn't that hold a little more juice for you? Ooh. Ooh. I just got him. Yeah. I just got him going. <laughs> yeah. I think my surprise player is Verlander. Uh, could be. That's a good one. My surprise player would be Verlander, and he's pitching tonight, so it's exciting. We we'll get to talk about it. Tomorrow. He's pitching well, and actually, if you hit us three starts, Subway at, Series, at we got a little promo boost. Mm-hmm. We're boosting your odds on Mets money line and uh, Mr. Justin Verlander. Also, if you're heading to the Giants A's game, just a little reminder that it's Unite the Bay night. I actually, and I got the receipt. I I ordered cell shirts for AJ and me. It's going to be a nice, nice little surprise when he gets back like from twinsies. vacation in Florida. I got those green cell shirts. It's from, I think it's called Oaklandism or uh, whatever. I'll, I'll post it somewhere. Um, but you can see there, join before the first AB, top of the fifth. You're silent through the at-bat to honor 55 years of baseball in Oakland and then sell the team chance. It's really cool. Like The top two fan clubs in Oakland have gotten together to put a lot of this um, through for Oakland and, and get that all-star game thing going when they did the silent and then the chant. And now they're going to do it with San Francisco fans. So we continue to support A's fans as uh, unfortunately MLB does not give a shit about the city anymore. So we're with you. 
Okay? I'm we'll rooting for a long at bat. We'll be watching, but guess what? <laughs> Me too. It'll be hard to find the footage from that because mm. we need social media. People there to post the clips. We'll get some fan. We'll get you some fan clips. Toasty. Exactly. Toasty. <laughs> Toasty. <laughs> He'll find it. Toasty, you can find it for us. So, Thank you, Toasty. More trade questions tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day, and we'll go wild next week too with longer coverage, especially on Tuesday. We will see you on Wednesday on FT Live, baby. Hey, FT Live fam. If you're new to the party on the BetMGM Sports app, enter the promo code FOUL, F-O-U-L, for up to $1,000 back if your first bet loses. It's simple. Ready? Download the BetMGM Sports app on iOS or Android or visit BetMGM.com. Sign up and deposit into your newly created account. Place your first bet offer and receive up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if it loses. If the bet does lose, your bonus bets will be available once the wager is settled. Gotta use the bonus code, Valve.